Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Thank you for joining us on Community Focus this morning, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. Hurricane season, just days away. And we have seen the predictions for a very active season this year. They're talking about 19 named storms, the number of major storms more than usual. And when that happens, we always want to turn to our friends at Florida Power and Light for storm prep tips. So I'm very happy to welcome the external affairs manager for FPL, Chris Ferreira. Thank you so much for being here. What can you tell us to expect and to plan? and be ready for hurricane season this year. Well, first of all, Ellen, thank you so much for having me on your program and for letting us share some information with your listeners about, A, I think, you know, how does FPL prepare year-round for a storm season? And B, what are some tips for that customers can do to prepare ahead of storm season and then before a storm approaches, should we have one this year? First of all, at FPL, storm preparation is a year-round activity for us. Since 2006, we've invested more than $5 billion in our electric grid to make it a stronger, more resilient, more reliable energy system. And that investment has gone towards hardening or undergrounding over 66% of our main power lines. And those are the power lines that feed critical services in our communities, police stations, hospitals, emergency operations centers. And we haven't stopped there. You know, we're continuing to work day in, day out to make it a smarter system. We've deployed smart technology throughout the entire grid, including even the meter on your home is a smart meter that provides us information back when there is an outage so we can go out there and repair to get your lights back on. But more specifically, in terms of tips that customers can do to prepare before storm season, I think the time is now to develop an emergency plan, right? It's not when a storm's coming. It's now before storm season. Identify key items that you need to review with your family to make sure you're prepared. Things like determining your backup source of power or making arrangements to relocate if someone in your family is dependent on electricity. I know that the EOC here in Miami-Dade does work with those folks that do need electricity to have an evacuation list before a storm. So contacting your EOCs to get yourself registered or your family member registered is important. Just to Mm -hmm. clarify on people who need electricity, almost anyone you ask is going to say, yes, of course, I need electricity. But you're talking about situations where someone is maybe on medical equipment, where it's literally life or death for them to have electricity. Is that correct? That is correct. And that's a great point to bring up. When I refer to folks that are on an evacuation list that the EOC works on, it's for life-sustaining medical equipment, right? Folks that need electricity that cannot be at home without it. Okay. And now you were starting to talk about trees. Yes. I know that clearing trees and vegetation, now's the time to do that, right? So you can schedule a bulky waste pickup and have that cleared out of your yard before the storm. And avoiding that it doesn't become a projectile during a storm is critical. And when you're working on trees, it's always important to look up and make sure you're not working near any power lines, right? So we have some great information on our website, fpl.com slash trees. 
where it talks about tree trimming safety tips and policies. And it's important that if you are working on a tree that is near a power line, never do that. Always contact us and let us know, and we'll have somebody go out there and take a look at it. Now, if someone comes out and they take a look and they say, you're too close to a power line, does FPL take care of it, or do you give us a recommendation for experts at pruning trees just so? We have uh, vegetation crews that if someone calls us, reports it, and we go out and investigate it. We will have one of our vegetation crews trim the tree back to a safe distance. And then if you would like to continue to trim the tree on your side, you can do so. Okay. So that's before storm season, before storm comes. And then if sure we have a storm coming our way, I have some tips as well as to what customers should do to prepare for it. So first tip is you should set your refrigerator and freezer to their coldest settings ahead of the storm to keep food fresh longer in the event of a power outage, right? right. Um, also gathering important documents such as insurance policies, health cards, birth certificates, social security cards, a list of important phone numbers such as FPL, 1-800-4-OUTAGE, and that's 1-800-468-8243. Um, keeping your medications and a copy of your FPL bill, storing them in a waterproof container. That's key so that they don't get damaged and you can have them after the storm. I mentioned contacting your local emergency management office if you or anyone has a special need in case of evacuation, such as life-sustaining medical equipment, and then also preparing to be self-sufficient for an extended period of time. You know, the American Red Cross recommends having at least one gallon of water per person per day for up to 14 days, having enough food and medication in stock to be at least, you know, a few days after a storm self-sufficient. And then obviously, you know, maintaining non-perishable food items, extra batteries, baby supplies and pet food, that's always a good idea as well. Okay, and we always add, be sure you have a battery-operated radio so that you can stay tuned to our radio stations and we'll fill you in on everything that's happening. You know, I know a lot of people now will rely on their cell phones, but a lot of times after a storm, even cell service becomes spotty. Or if you run out of your cell phone charge, you don't want to be sitting in a garage with your car on charging your phone because now you're looking at a problem with carbon monoxide. Yeah, yes, thank absolutely. you. Absolutely. That's also a very important tip. I mean, generators as well, never place those inside your garage or inside your home. Always place them outside the home where it's well ventilated. Okay. So we also have uh, some resources online. As I mentioned earlier, fpl.com, but this time it's forward slash storm. We have additional storm and safety tips that customers can go on and take a look at. Can you tell us a little bit about after a storm? In a worst case scenario, we've got a storm, there are lights that are out, tree branches everywhere, there's flooding. What are some safety tips in those circumstances? Well, after the storm, the key item is to always be aware of your surroundings and be cautious, right? So never touch any wires that are on the ground. Always assume that they are energized. If you do see a wire on the ground, you can always call us and report those again to 1-800-4-OUTAGE, 1-800-468-8243. But after the storm, I mean, really, the key is just to make sure that you're staying safe, right? We're going to be deploying as soon as the storm clears and safe for our crews to go out. And we're going to start working on restoring essential services in our community, you know, making sure the hospitals are back up, police stations, EOCs, stuff like that. And then after that, we start working on getting the largest number of customers up in the shortest amount of time. And so just know that we're working as soon as the storm clears. And I know you do, but I know there are always people who don't understand why someone across the street may have electricity and they don't. If I recall from talking to representatives from FPL and the past, it may be that someone across the street is part of a grid that has a hospital in it. And because the hospital is a priority service, they get the benefit of getting their electricity back on sooner than 
you who may not be in that grid. That might be the case. I mean, the, the electric grid is designed and divided up not necessarily by streets or avenues, right? The, the power lines do go in and out of neighborhoods. And so if your neighbor across the street has power, it may very well be that they're in a separate neighborhood line. And that neighborhood line may have just been restored before yours. But do know that we are working on it. We are aware that you are out of power. And um, we're working to get the largest number of customers back up as quickly as possible. Is there information on the FPL website about generators and what size generator would be appropriate for a particular size home? So for that, it would be probably best to contact an electrician and the electricians have to work with your local municipality on permitting. I do know also that they work with our service centers to ensure that that's installed safely and to code and to meet our safety standards as well. So the best thing would be to contact a licensed electrician to get more information about that. That's important. I always thought I could just walk into a Home Depot and grab a little generator and just stick it in my courtyard and be okay. But that does not sound like the case. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. And I thought you were talking about more permanent generators. I mean, there are smaller generators that you can buy at Home Depot. Those, I believe, you have to plug them in either directly to whatever equipment you're looking to power. But if you are looking to do something that powers your whole home, it is important to contact a licensed electrician so they can do the work to prepare your breaker panels and your other equipment to accept that power in the event of an outage. Okay, great. Any other locations on the FPL website that we really ought to be looking at? No, I mean, I I shared the two websites. I'll share them again, fpl.com forward slash trees. That is for information on tree trimming policies. And again, do not attempt to trim any vegetation growing on or near any overhead power lines. Contact us or only hire a qualified professional to trim trees and other vegetation. Then the other website is fpl.com forward slash storm for storm and safety tips. And again, the number for our customer service is 1-800-4-OUTAGE, 1-800-468-8243. And the other good tip is also you can also download the FPL mobile app. It's available on the App Store and the Google Play Store. There you can create an online account and log in. And you can also report outages and get other information right there on your phone as well. Yeah, I've done that. And I have to say, it's really an excellent service because you can look up if there's an outage and get an approximate time on when they expect your power to be back up. And that does give you the opportunity to check on outages, how many people, you know, if you're wondering, am I the only one? And then you go on the app and you see, oh, there's 468,000 people without power right now. So you know that it's not just you and that FPL is working as quickly as possible to get things back up. And people also need to keep in mind that you have your own safety requirements. You know, if there's water on the ground, your people can't go in and start working with wires in an unsafe condition either, any more than an individual can. Correct. And it's great as well to have that app on your phone because during a storm, we're getting a lot of calls to our customer service department. You can avoid being on hold waiting for a representative and save some battery on your phone as well. And you can just access that directly through the app and get that same information. That's all excellent. And I know that you do often team up when we have a really bad storm. People from other electric companies will line up and wait until it's safe to drive here. And then they come in and the same as our folks will go to wherever they there's a need, they'll come in and help our own people at FPL to get things reestablished. And I know how hard you've worked to make everything as quick as possible to get people up and running. Absolutely. 
absolutely. I mean, we work with partner utilities across the country, and um, we go when they have a situation where they need help, and they come here to help us when we have situations such as storms. And um, that's part of our year-round preparation, right? We identify staging sites throughout the community, and we stage crews ahead of the storm, obviously in safe places to make sure that they're not in the worst of the storm, but they move in as soon as the storm is clear, and they start working day in, day out to restore everyone back up as quickly as possible. And they're here until the job is done, right? So be assured that we work year-round to make sure that we're prepared. And, you know, if there's any time for us to really consider the word community as an important word, it's after a storm where we do have to come together and we have to understand what other people's requirements are and start thinking about our neighbors and not just ourselves and do everything we can to help each other and to facilitate what FPL is doing to restore power, facilitate any of the folks who are doing cleanup and make sure that it's done safely. For sure. Safety is number one. Okay. Well, I thank you so much. If there's anything else that comes up during the season and you want us to share it with our audience, please let us know. We're only at the beginning. We've got until November 30th. Just know that FPL is working on your behalf to make sure that you have power all the time. Absolutely. And that's why we're continuously investing in the grid to make sure that our service is reliable in good weather and bad. Chris Ferreira, External Affairs Manager with FPL. Thank you so much for your knowledge and for sharing it with us. And I hope that this will be an easy season for you and that you will not have to go through any of these steps that we've talked about to get the power back on. Thank you so much for having me. And I share the same sentiments. I hope that we have no storms this year. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Throughout May, we have been looking at mental health awareness from a variety of angles. We could probably do this every week because there's so much to talk about. Today, I am thrilled to welcome the executive director of Born This Way Foundation, the nonprofit founded by Lady Gaga and her mother to support the mental health of young people and to help them build a kinder and braver world. Now, Maya Smith is not just the executive director. She's the first executive director of Born This Way Foundation, and she works with partners to conduct innovative research, building authentic youth-focused programming, and also leading campaigns that foster kindness. I just love that word and advance the conversation around mental health. Maya, I'm so glad you found time to talk to us today. I'm so glad to start my morning with you, Ellen. Thank you so much for having me and for sharing the work of Born This Way Foundation. Oh my goodness. Born This Way Foundation has such a comprehensive range of resources and work that you're doing around mental health, mental health awareness and overcoming the stigma. Can you start by giving us an overview Overview of the key initiatives of Born This Way Foundation for anyone who's not familiar with it yet? It would be a pleasure. After my children, Born This Way Foundation is my favorite thing to talk <laughs> about. Uh, and, and to be honest, I probably talk about it a little more than I do my children. I would be more than happy to. So the foundation was started 10 years ago, if you can believe it, as you mentioned, by Lady Gaga and her incredible mother, Our mission is to build a kinder and a braver world. The work was really born out of the personal experiences that Lady Gaga had growing up. As so many young people who are different, she was othered and she endured endless meanness and cruelty for that difference. And she was clear from a very early age that if she was to survive her life, and she speaks really openly and honestly about that, she would dedicate her time, her treasure, and her talent to making sure young people not only survived, 
but that they thrived. And so it's with that ambitious vision that we go to work every day and the three buckets of work that we do. The first is to make kindness cool. The second is to validate the emotions of young people around the world. And the third is to eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health. So let's start with the third, actually, because this is one of the issues that comes up again and again. And as you mentioned, Lady Gaga has been very forthcoming about her own issues as a child. And I think that's helped other people who are in the forefront of society people who are celebrities who are known to come out and talk about their own bullying experiences or experiences with depression. And yet the average person, I think, still feels stigmatized and is afraid to discuss it or acknowledge that they have a problem. So can you start with that aspect of it? And why do you think it's such a challenge to overcome this stigma? I think that's a great question. I think even if we unpack the vocabulary that we're using, right, a problem, a challenge. We need to reframe mental health as something we proactively need to talk about, right? Not something that we need to seek help for in times of crisis, though that's absolutely one definition of it. But we all need to take care of our mental health because we all have mental health all of the time, right? And so our society is very much built on supporting and amplifying conversations around mental health only in crisis. And so at the foundation, we're trying to proactively talk about a kinder and braver world, one where folks have access to mental health resources, where there is no more stigma, when kindness is the MO moving forward in the places we live, work, and play. And the way that we get there is by sharing our stories. I have been, as you mentioned, really heartened to see so many people sharing their own mental health journeys and sharing the coping mechanisms and the resources that work for them, celebrating folks who go to therapy, celebrating folks who engage in self-care, celebrating folks who are taking mental health days. And so that's something that can happen in the public narrative. But as we found in our recent report entitled Kindness in the Workplace, there's also just some best practices of how to make sure the processes can support that, right? So employees should be able to take mental health days, right? Employers should be thinking about the mental health of their workforce. And so both on a public narrative perspective and also on a policies and processes and systems perspective, there's a lot that we can still do to eliminate the stigma. And for the folks listening, if that feels overwhelming as it often is, and it's my job and still sometimes I'm overwhelmed by all that needs to continue to change, I would say to you today, just talk to somebody about mental health or even just start saying the words mental health, right? I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. And the first time I said to them, how's your mental health today? They were like, uh, mom, what's mental health? Uh, and that's where we started, yeah. right? That was where we started. And so sometimes I'll be like in the checkout line at the grocery store, or I'll be on a Zoom call and I'll say to folks like, how's your mental health? And still very much people are surprised by that question, but hopefully the more we can ask it, the more we can ourselves share our stories of vulnerability and honesty, the more we can address it. 
It's actually normalizing the phrase Mm -hmm. instead of stigmatizing it. And it's much like physical health. Nobody minds if you say, hey, how are you feeling today? You know, how's your injured arm? Uh, How's your diabetes? Are you keeping it under control? So that's fine. So it should absolutely be the same with mental health. And one of the things I love about Born This Way Foundation's website is you have an area where people can share their stories of things they did, things they felt, ways that they helped to make the world kinder. And in this way, is this part of how you provide a safe space for people who are looking for mental health assistance? Absolutely. So I think storytelling is really powerful. Storytelling in eliminating the stigma surrounding mental health, in connecting us to one another, in making us feel less alone. And the platform that you reference is called channelkindness.org. And it's this incredible community of folks sharing stories of kindness and community and bravery. And so absolutely, it's part of eliminating the stigma. And also, it's about reminding people the power that their voice has and the impact that it can have in the world. We live in a moment when far too many people feel like they are not valued or needed in the world. And so if we can remind them how much they matter, how much we need them here, and how much community support and resources exist, I think we would all be better off for it. I truly believe, and I mean, it's a hard thing to say today, but I believe in the deepest part of me that people are good and that more people together are better. And I think channel kindness is one of the most powerful examples of that. Yeah, it's a a funny thing. I had a boss who used to say, all of us is better than each of us. And he was Mm -hmm. referring to the workplace, that when we work together, we're better as a group. But it relates to this as well, if we can each rely on each other and be a group and know that we can go to other people to talk about troubles we're having or issues that we're concerned about. Just letting it off your chest, letting it out of your head is a relief. You know, after the shooting this week in Texas, The first email we got from our general manager the next day was sharing his thoughts and reminding us that the company has resources if we want to talk to someone and having a moment of silence together so that we could all be together. And, you know, although we're not in Texas, we mourn, we feel devastated when things like this happen. And, you know, along with what you're saying about kindness, I believe that that's the cure You know, if we can learn to be kind to each other and in situations where we have these mass shootings, it it usually comes back to a mental health issue. So if we can remove that stigma, like you say, and get people the assistance they need when they need it, maybe we can eliminate some of these issues. Yeah, I want to be careful of the conflation of the violence that we're seeing in our communities and the mental health piece of it. Mm -hmm. I think certainly it absolutely, we need proactive and preventive mental health services. But I think there is something much, much deeper happening. And it's around violence. It's around access to weapons. It's around racism. And mental health is absolutely piece of every puzzle of every issue that we are facing. And it's part of the solution as well. But I think it's really important that we in this moment separate the two. And until we know more, I think mental health sometimes seems like the um the, the easy go-to the, answer. Yes, because it's such a personal thing and because there are answers. But I think there are, and I believe 
and I don't know the answers, but I, I don't believe that in this case, the conversation should be one about mental health. I think there are very few of these violent tragedies that actually at their root cause are about mental health. I think it's a much more systemic, violent, cultural thing because we are not, right? Mental health is not unique to the United States, but this type of violence is. Yeah. And so I think that we need to look at that and undo that connection because maybe if we undid that connection a little bit, we could work on actually solving the root causes of this. And I'm not an expert by any measure, but I think I would just say that that would be my suggestion around the connection between the two. So if what we do know is that as a result of incidents like this, people suffer tremendous post-traumatic stress disorder, the parents, the children, and all of us who see this replayed over and over again in the news, can Born This Way Foundation recommend ways for parents to help children cope or for adults to cope when we see these stories? There's so much trauma that is happening, has happened, and does happen every day. And for communities of color in different and persistent ways for long, long periods of time. And so recognizing the different overlapping conversations that we're having around racism, about violence, about just inequity and uncertainty in our world, there are many resources that exist. Born This Way Foundation has a crisis resource. So if you're in crisis, if you are worried about someone in your life, you can go to bornthisway.foundation slash get help now. For a global audience, we have a tool called Find a Helpline, which is available in more than 150 countries. And so those are resources to get a live person so that if you're struggling, if you don't know how to put one foot in front of the other, you can find someone who's there to support you. I think what I would also point parents to is there's a number of resources about how to talk about this tragedy and so many other tragedies in age-appropriate ways with your kids and really create safe spaces for their emotions and their fears and their worries and your own as well. You know, Ellen, we've been talking a lot about kindness and we talk about kindness often as something we do for other people, but kindness is also something that we need to do for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So whether that's making a donation to a Texas organization, if you're able to, whether it's turning your computer off because you need a break, whether it's listening to the powerful calls to actions of leaders across the country, whether it's going for a walk outside because you just need some fresh air. I think listening to what you and your community needs in this moment is really, really essential. And Born This Way Foundation and our community partners, as we continue to find resources to help folks navigate mental health crises and unmet community needs, we'll keep sharing them. Wonderful. One of the ways that you're really making a difference and enabling all of us to take part in supporting each other and ourselves is with the Be There Certificate. Can you talk about that program and what it means to be there for someone? I would love to talk about that. I am a proud Be There Certificate holder. I have been trained. So the Be There Certificate 
is a free mental health training to learn how to, as you said, be there for someone. We created it with our friends at Jack.org, an amazing Canadian mental health nonprofit. And it walks you through the five modules around how to learn how to lean into hard conversations, how to access resources, how to ask the right questions. If you or someone you know is struggling, you can find it at bethercertificate.org. And I was overwhelmed to hear that in the first couple of days that the tool was out in the world, young people from more than 140 countries accessed it. It's available in French, English, and Spanish. And I think, you know, when I first heard that number, it was um, it was an exciting number because we were like, look, like, look, we're doing it. And as I reflect on that number, I think it just underscores how urgently this work is needed, how urgently free, accessible, culturally competent, low barrier mental health resources are needed across not just this country, but many other countries. So we're really proud of our contribution in the Be There Certificate. And we're excited about the feedback and data that we're getting back in this first, I think it's been in the world for five or six weeks now. And so I'd encourage all of your listeners to get trained, to share this tool with their schools, with their workplaces, with their families, and access the information that you hopefully will never need. But in the reality of our world, you know, it's all... uh, I say all the time that, you know, with with having two young kids, I learned how to do the Heimlich and I learned how to do CPR, but nobody ever talked about what to do if I encountered someone or if my own children were in mental health distress. And I think that this is an urgent and essential training so that we could start talking about the physical and mental health of folks on parity. Absolutely. You know, I always say nobody gets out unscathed from this life. You know, we all, to different degrees, have issues that we deal with. And it doesn't matter how different it is when it's your own. It's difficult. And knowing that there are resources and there are places to go and normalizing having to face challenges, because that's just part of life, makes a huge difference. So there's the BeThereCertificate.org to take the Be There class channelkindness.org, and also, of course, bornthisway.foundation. Your mind will be blown when you see the range of resources and the information. I mean, you guys have obviously put so much work into working with partners and gathering information and making sure everything is up to date. How can we support you as individuals do something to help Born This Way Foundation continue the work you're doing to change our world for the better? Thank you so much for that question, Ellen. That is, that's, that's an unexpected and very kind question that is emotionally resonant today because I think, you know, I am in part an executive director today, but more than anything, I'm a, a mom and a neighbor and a community member. And when I think about the work of the foundation from that perspective and take myself out of it, I think the first most important thing we can do is talk about mental health, share our stories, share our vulnerabilities, because those stories can be invitations for others to share their own. And you never know who's waiting for that invitation to share themselves with you. I think the second thing is 
listen to folks when they're brave enough to share those stories. We have so many young people in this world who believe that they are irreparably broken, that there's no support or community or connections for them. And so if we can be those trusted adults, those listening ears, I think that is really, really essential. And Born the Soy Foundation or not, as a human, I found the Be There Certificate incredibly helpful. I am embarrassed to say how many questions I got wrong. And this is the work that I do every day. But it really does undo a lot of the preconceived notion one has about mental health and what are the right questions to ask and how do you show up for folks. So in this season of of graduation, of transition, of summer, of of so much, I would just encourage folks to find ways to take care of themselves and each other. And if Born This Way Foundation can be part of that, we'd be honored to. And there's so many other incredible resources that we link to on our website as well. And we do have the links to your website on our mental health awareness page. And we're going to keep that up year round. It doesn't have to just be in May. In fact, in September, you are doing hashtag BeKind21 which is 21 days of practicing intentional kindness towards yourself and others. And I would love to have you come back before that starts and talk to us again about that process and how people can participate. I'd be honored. Thank you so much for having me, for creating this space where we can talk about mental health and for sharing these resources, Ellen. I thank you for your heart and your openness. Maya Smith, Executive Director of Born This Way Foundation. Again, it's bornthisway.foundation, bethercertificate.org, and channelkindness.org. Maya, have a wonderful day. You as well. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Community Focus this morning. If you have questions about today's show or would like to suggest a topic, please feel free to email me at ellen.jaffe, J-A-2-F-S-1-E, at cmg.com. Join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus, and have a wonderful day. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.